0: Okay, let's get it. It is Locked on LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, CST, and right here for the Locked on LSU podcast. Uh, Of course, LSU by now, you know, took it on the chin. Again, a loss at Missouri on Saturday, 45-41. Tigers had an opportunity to punch it in four plays from inside the two-yard line. Could not get it done, but the gold line... uh, ineptitude there was only a small part of the issue as clearly LSU defensively has almost unthinkably bad issues with Bo Pelini in this transition from what Dave Aranda did. I should remind you our shows are brought to you by Built Bar. The Monday show is brought to you by Built Bar and BuiltBar.com. Protein bar tastes like a candy bar. Try yours today at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked Um Here's what I want to do. I, I know everyone wants to hear the the, the piss and venom of, of losing a game. Not just losing, but losing in the manner in which they did. And I will get there because I have to talk about the defense. There was some good also that I want to get to. But the thing that... Just let me start. And I'm going to get to everything everybody wants to hear. Trust me. I will get there. Let me start, though, just by kind of rehashing the game itself. Because I think part of what's lost... In this 1-2 and two start for LSU, first time since 1994 when Curly Hallman was the coach, LSU's 1-2. and two. Uh, LSU is out of the, the AP poll for the first time since 2017, of course, when they lost to Troy. Um, the thing that that is maybe getting lost a bit is that even though it was horrendous watching the defensive performance against both Mississippi State and against Missouri, uh, the reality is... That you had a chance to win both games. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not I want you to be clear. I'm not sugarcoating what happened. So just let me go through the game. Just bear with me, let me go through the game so we can explain how close you were, I mean really two yards away from winning that game. And I'll remind you against Mississippi State. There were seven lead changes in that ball game in the start of, by the start of the third quarter. Uh, you were in a tie ball game with possession in the fourth quarter, you couldn't score, and then state put up ten on answer down the stretch. You had an opportunity. So you go out there, Drinkwitz with some trickeration there, the 58-yard touchdown, flea Flicker put Missouri up on top. I thought LSU's uh, game plan offensively to start was amazing. They really got Eric Gilbert going. Uh, Chris Curry was back. He got the start of running back, which is a little perplexing we'll talk about. Terrace Marshall scores his first touchdown of the day. You're tied at seven. On the next possession, Missouri tried a fake punt. Remember, LSU called the time out. They were in punt safe. Missouri still went for the fake the fake punt, LSU stopped it. That, in effect, acted like a turnover. Uh, Brennan had a beautiful play on that next drive when he was rolling to his right through a 32-yard rope on the sideline of Terrace Marshall. Anyway, they score. LSU scores. It's 14-7 to there. Uh, and then we really saw the glaring defensive issues. Uh, Missouri scored on that ensuing possession on the 29-yard touchdown run right up the gut. Um, LSU would score. Eric Gilbert... Uh, to go up 21-14 at the start of the second quarter. Uh, And LSU defensively made plays, man. Um, They forced a muffed punt. B.J. Ojolari forced a fumble on a third and six that LSU was able to recover. Um, You know, Cade Yark hit a 42-yard field goal, so you're up 10 there in the second quarter. Uh, Missouri would score to bring it within three, 24-21. You know, they, uh, they muffed a punt, Missouri did, that you couldn't get on top of almost inexplicably. Um... And you know what? They they kick the 52-yard field goal at the end of the first half to tie the game at 24. And then you get the ball with a minute 56, six, six, well, one minute 56 seconds to play in the half. And you go three and out. And remember, you get the ball to start the second half. So you're in a tie ball game. And you have a chance to bookend the first half the, and start the second half with back-to-back possessions, potentially points, to go up two scores. And you got nothing there. Credit Zach Von Rosenberg with a great punt to start the second half uh, that put the ball out at the three-yard line. Missouri fumbled on the first play, and you end up scoring. You're up 31-24. Again, another opportunity to maybe get some distance, but Missouri came right back and scored. That was the play where Elias Ricks was staring into the backfield. You're tied at 31. First play, Terrace Marshall, 75 yards. You're back on top. Back and forth we go. And it looked like this was going to be LSU's opportunity maybe to seize control of the game and they couldn't convert punt give it back to Missouri they score on the 24-yard screen pass you're tied at 38 again every time LSU had the ball with a chance to create some distance they couldn't put together the drive they needed to go up two scores I really thought Cade York his 51-yard field goal was huge put LSU back on top and remember to start the fourth quarter it was the third and 11 for Missouri and Maurice Hampton comes up with a big tackle for loss and that pushed Missouri back further or farther, and they missed that field goal. And again, here's your opportunity. You're up three, you got the ball, go score, go up two scores, and it's over. And LSU, gets a. they stumble, they get a field goal, blocked, Missouri scores, of course, the go-ahead and what would be the game-winning touchdown, and then it all ensued the way it did. My point is, you had enough opportunities in this game to where it should never have come down to that final sequence the way it did, but... That is how it ultimately played out, and that's something LSU clearly has got to get figured out. But when we come back, uh, so the, the game itself, point is, in both the Mississippi State and Missouri games, as battle losses as they are, you were still in a position in each of those games throughout to take control and to win it, and you couldn't make the plays to do it, and that's disappointing. Now, yes, the defense was horrendous against Mississippi State, we talked about. And they were Horrendous Saturday, and that's what we'll get to next. It is the Locked On LSU Podcast, we're brought to you by Built Bar. Hey, heads up, uh, we have reset the promo here uh, for, at Built Bar. Um, co- amazingly, you can get a free cooler with a purchase. That's while supplies last. And also, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, now you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code Locked On and get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Best tasting protein bar in the world. So many of you have tried it. You've let me know. Built bars are healthy. If you're a health conscious guy or gal, if you want to lose or maintain weight, have a delicious treat. If you need a meal replacement, they've got amazing options if it's with or without nuts. They're all gluten free. Built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Try it and believe. Builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED ON and save 20% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED ON. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. We continue Locked On LSU, your team, every day, presented by Built Bar. So I told you we would get to the inevitable, and that is the very bad. There was good, which we'll talk about, but we'll start with the absolutely disgraceful, which is LSU's defense. I don't know what else really needs to be said. Uh, you allowed 406 yards passing to a freshman quarterback in Connor Basilac, who was making only his second start. Uh, Missouri ran for 180 yards at better than five yards a clip, and that actually includes Basilak's, um rushing attempts, which is stupid because sack yardage for the quarterback counts against a rushing total. So really, Missouri's running backs averaged more like eight yards a carry in this ball game. Last week, if you were with us, we'd, one of the things we talked about throughout was The fact that Vanderbilt rushed for 180 yards against LSU. Everyone wanted to focus on the 41-7, Miles Brennan's improvement, all that stuff. All last week we talked about this, the fact that LSU defensively could not stop Vanderbilt from running the football and that this was going to be a problem if they didn't get it fixed and it was a major problem for LSU on Saturday when you get gashed the way they did up the gut. Absolutely devastating. Now the bigger problem, aside from just the running game, is the fact that in the, pa- in the past game, you were wholly inept. And, and many people have asked, is this scheme or is this a lack of talent? I want to point out very plainly that defensively, this year, in this year's draft, Ali Gay, Glenn Logan, Jabril Cox, Jacoby Stevens, you have guys on that defense right now that are going to be picked in this spring's draft. You have NFL talent. That's not even including some of the young guys like B.J. O'Gillari and, of course, Derek Stingley and Maurice Hampton, the guys that are coming into their own. You have NFL talent. Missouri does not have Sunday talent on their offense, and they were down three of their top five receivers. What transpired on Saturday in, in undeniably was coaching. LSU, with Bo Pelini as its defensive coordinator, I'm going state the very obvious here, has been flat out coached. He scheme wise, the players do not know where to be, and that's either them not picking up his scheme or his inability to communicate it effectively to them. One of one or the other, but the bottom line is that's it. I mean, you were talking about Sunday guys going against Saturday guys this past weekend, and you gave up over four hundred passing yards in this ball game. You gave up. Uh, 586 total yards of offense to Missouri, who converted 50% of their third downs. What, hap- what is happening right now defensively is Ed Ogeron has made another bad hire. There- there's no other way to say this. Are some people said, well, should you cut bait with Bo now? And the answer is no, and you're not going to do that two games in or three games in, into the season. And a lot of people pointed out back in 2005, Bo had a rocky start to his first tenure in Baton Rouge, which is true. They had a really tough performance against Arizona State, but they ended up winning. And then they blew a 21-point lead at home against Tennessee on that Monday night. But that's been 15 years. The game has changed, and college football has evolved, and clearly Bo Pelini has not kept up with it as is Obvious, his inability to communicate. Now, a lot of people have also pointed out the fact that Bo is a red-faced, screaming coach, which he is. But so is Ed Ogeron, and so is Nick Saban. And I'm not going to say that you can't be an old-school coach that yells and screams, but you got to be able to get results and find ways that you can push the right buttons. And so far, Bo Pelini has not proven he can do that. It is also fair to look at Ed Ogeron and say, does this man know how to hire good coaches? And you may bark, and you may clap back at that but let's look at what his resume is. If your whole premise of how you've built this program is going to be Ed's the CEO, he's the figurehead, he's the emotional recruiter, motivator who's going to hire great coaches and delegate, okay, the key is hire great coaches. And we've talked about this from the beginning. Because if you miss, then you have a setback, like what we're seeing right now, like what we saw with Matt Canada. Remember, Ed Ogeron inherited Ed Ogeron inherited Dave Aranda, Ed Ogeron inherited Steve Ensminger. Now he promoted him to offensive coordinator, but Ed didn't go out and find Steve Ensminger. Ed Ogeron has hired Matt Canada. Ed Ogeron has hired Jerry Sullivan. Ed Ogeron has hired Bo Pellini. It is fair to give him credit for Joe Brady and for Greg McMahon. but other than that, and Brady was a big hit. Let's not let's not forget, but the flip side of it is you went from a young, innovative offensive mind to a very old-school, traditional offensive mind. You went counterintuitive to what had worked so well for you. What is it? Were you afraid of hiring another young coach that you are going to lose to the NFL? The point is, whatever that is. for And they just did the same thing with Bo. Ed is leaning on, I think, guys he knows and what makes him comfortable. And... That's a problem. If you can't coexist with people who fill in your deficiencies because they're younger, come from a different school of thought, look at Dave Aranda. Ed is a big, loud, aggressive, you know, energetic coach. Dave is more meek, humble, soft-spoken, cerebral. It's not to say one's right or wrong or good or bad. They're just different, but you've got to learn to coexist or you're going to keep having this problem, what LSU's dealing with right now, the same thing they dealt with when they hired Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator. So, Listen, you're not going to fire Bo Pelini after three games. And my hope is that this team collectively does some soul-searching and figures out what it is that's ailing it and how, and how to get it right. Because I will remind you, in 2017, LSU got blown out by Mississippi State. They lost to Troy, and a lot of us looked and said, they, many people looked said they're going to win another game. And what did they do the next week? They went and beat Florida. And later in the season, they beat Auburn and Baton Rouge, in the biggest comeback in Tiger Stadium history in an SEC game. The only game they lost the remainder of the season was at Bama. I'm not sitting here telling you this team is going to run the table the rest of the way except for Bama. Obviously, they have major deficiencies. But to think they're not going to win another game is also foolish because they were in positions to win each of the games they've lost so far. They've got to put together a complete 60 minutes. But the statistical anomaly of Saturday... To put up 479 yards, 40 points, win the turnover battle three to nothing, and to lose the game is just astonishing. There, like similar to the Mississippi State, there had to be a statistical outlier, and it was LSU's inability to defend against the pass of Missouri. So, uh, and even look, if you want to throw in the fake punt, giving LSU a short field, that's basically like a fourth turnover. So incredibly disappointing and I understand everyone who is disappointed today and you have every right to be disappointed and upset and all of those things my hope is that the people inside LSU football ops that the the coaches who are who are charged with getting this thing right do in fact get it right and take that challenge very seriously because it could get much worse before it gets better if they don't do some soul searching and get it right I'll point out in 2017 after the Troy loss They went on the road to Florida and won. Well, now you're facing some serious adversity. you got to go on the road to Florida again, a team that's certainly going to be hungry after they lost to to Texas A&M this past weekend. Uh, There was, believe it or not, uh, some good from the game on Saturday, and we'll touch on that we return to uh, to wrap up. Locked on LSU, your team every day. Wrapping up here, Locked on LSU, your team every day. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so yet. As always, Monday Show is brought to you by Built Bar and builtbar.com. Use the promo code Locked On and save $20 off at BuiltBar.com. So there was a lot of good. Uh, I thought Eric Gilbert was sensational in the ballgame. Unfortunately, he suffered the shoulder injury, but early it was clear they were pushing him the football, and he just looks like he's coming into his own and getting more comfortable. You know, he dropped the first pass attempt of the season uh, to him against Mississippi State, but ever since then, he's been darn near flawless. Um... Six catches for 97 yards and a score. Uh, Terrace Marshall has made himself a ton of money. 11 for 235 and three scores with a long of 75. He's playing a different game. A lot of people asked before the season, how could LSU replace Jamar Chase? Yes, that was never the problem because Terrace Marshall is a legit number one and he's making himself a ton of money. The question is, who was after him? And so far, three games, we've seen three different guys fill that role. Originally, it was Jarae Jenkins in the first game and the second week at Vanderbilt. it was Jontre Kirkland. And then this past weekend it was the five-star Keishon Booty. five catches, forty-nine yards. They used him in the screen game. They used it downfield. Uh, I thought it was great to see Keishon Booty make plays, make guys miss, and show that he can be that guy. Um, I really uh, the the uh, the aggressiveness defensively to force fumbles, both defensively and on the fake punt uh, and on on punt coverage. I thought was um, was really was really good. The the bad just just overwhelmed the good that was done in this ballgame. Zach von Rosenberg continues to be the best punter in the SEC, maybe the best punter um, in, in the country. And Cade York, it's worth mentioning, I know he had the one blocked, but made a 51-yarder in this ballgame and continues to be a force. LSU special teams have been sensational for them early in this season, and it needs to continue because you've got to win those you have special teams in offense if your defense is going to continue to struggle the way they have. But... There was some good in this ball ballgame, um, but the challenge is sincere this week. On the road in Gainesville against that offense, which has been tough for anybody to stop. A uh, big-time challenge for Bo Pelini. This team just has to decide, what are you going to do? Are you going to lay down and decide to be a miserable defense all season long and be embarrassed, or, or are you going to play up to your physical potential and start doing the right things to win ball games and to be better defensively? I mean, you don't need to be elite an average defensive performance Saturday against Missouri or against Mississippi State wins you those ballgames in your 3-0. and Instead, you've been historically bad, and it's put you at 1-2. and So it's not going to get easier, certainly, uh, with this week in Gainesville. But we'll see how the Tigers respond. Uh, it is Monday. Ed Ogeron meets with the media today. We'll hear what the coach has to say uh, in light of the most recent embarrassing loss and uh, how they preview for Florida We'll see you tomorrow and we'll recap what Coach O had to say at his weekly uh, press gathering and uh, as the Tigers get ready to head down to Gainesville. Until tomorrow, it is Locked on LSU, your team every day.